You're listening to the Swap Mono Live podcast show brought to you by our friends at OGO. OGO has been around for three decades, but it was in 2001 that the brand forever changed the way we think about gear bags. With never seen before features like specific storage compartments for your boots, helmets, gear, and more, the OGO 9800 is the most popular gear bag in motocross. Visit ogeopowersports.com. Hey, welcome to the Swap Moto Live podcast presented by OGO. I'm here in Lake Elsinore with uh, my friend Cameron McAdoo of the Geico Honda team. So, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on tonight. And uh, yeah, it's been a long time coming. We've been talking about it for a few weeks, haven't we? Yeah, thanks for having me. I gotta I gotta hit him up on Instagram and like give him crap about not inviting me to go mountain biking and stuff. And then, <laughs> throw a podcast together so yeah yeah i don't know why you want to ride with an old man like me though because like yeah. it's always fun you know anyone <laughs> yeah so so mountain biking you're here in southern california um where, where are your local spots um my go-to is skyline oh, because yeah because it's good for training right? yeah and from from like from the geico honda shop it's a 20 minute climb from the shop just to the base of Skyline. So good warm up. And then it's about another 30 minutes to the top of Skyline. So it's a good whoa, whoa, hour whoa, climb. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Another 30, 30 35 minutes? 35 minutes, 32 minutes. Oh, geez. Whatever. See, you don't want to ride with me, dude. My PR is like 38. Yeah, but I mean, like, what about a Sunday after, you know, racing? Oh, like, recovery day for you. Or, or yeah. Wednesday, like, just, just for fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. You know, you know I live. Uh, I live like five minutes from Skyline. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to do Skyline no, no, together. No, 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 no. But my go-to is Greer. Oh, down I... Marietta. Yep. I've been... Uh, actually, I went to Greer last year, mm-hmm. and I had a, I had a, just like a full cross-country bike. Yeah. And I didn't have much fun at all. Yeah. Well, I now you got seat. like the sick, intense... And now I have an awesome, intense primer, thanks yeah. to those guys, and it's a blast out there, like... It's they've been digging a lot and stuff, so yeah. that actually brings like a lot of fun. Yeah, I got some. I got some blisters. Yeah, exactly. Me. No dig, no ride. <laughs> but yeah, that that place is awesome. Actually, a couple of the mechanics and a couple of the guys out at um, at Geico, we've been going out yeah. on like, Saturdays yeah, and definitely. stuff. And, oh yeah, I, I've seen uh, I've seen truck driver Shane out there. Or no, yep. no he's not truck driving. He's he's Amazon team yep. manager. Yep, he goes out there and he. I seen him on his uh, taser. Out taser. There. He'll chase yeah. me down and he'll be like, man. He, I, I still got my heart rate up to 174 catching yeah. you, but I had to throw it in boost or whatever. But it's and that's what's cool about that bike too, is because it's fun Definitely. to that you know. Have you ridden one? I, I have. I've cruised one. Badass, I, have, right? I haven't. I yeah. haven't brought one out on the trails, but I want yeah. to. Yeah, but, no. It, it, I think the funny thing is a lot of people think e-bike you don't get any exercise. That's baloney because I mean it's probably doing Shane a lot of good. Right exactly, now. and that's what's like fun. I feel like a guy like Shane can go ride with you know or like a someone who's not an athlete or whatever, they can mm-hmm. go train with us and still enjoy riding and still stay together and hang out. So totally. it's cool. Hey, did that thing just turn off? Yeah. Oh. There we go. We're restarting again. All right. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, yeah, so uh, Intense is one of our podcast sponsors here. So I think it's pretty pretty intriguing how the brand has made this big resurgence and it's like it's like co-owned by all these motocross people right yeah it's actually um 
our team owner at Geico Honda is, has part of it. Uh, Jeff and I, th- I think Ziggy as well. And then mm-hmm. uh, Dunge, yeah. It's, I was shocked to hear that Dunge was. Yeah, it's cool. And it's, um, and I've, they have like a really strong downhill mountain biking team. Like mm-hmm. I know they just got Gwyn on and stuff. Yeah. And like that dude's. Have you ever seen the, Gwyn at He's at insane. I haven't. I've, it's crazy. I've <laughs> been out there and seen like some guys who I'm like all right I can tell that guy's a I don't know him but I know he's a top pro yeah. at um like uh enduro or whatever you yeah, know yeah, so yeah. yeah it's that that stuff's sick and and I think that it's cool that Intense is making a really big push there yeah for sure so um you know it's funny it's like well, all this mountain bike talk but like motocross guys typically will like jump on a cross-country bike to train but I was thinking about it, I was like, I think it would be better for you guys to train on things like, what, what are you on? A, uh, a I'm primer? on a primer. Yeah. yeah, like that's better because A, it's safer for you guys because you're going to haul ass and with you have more suspension, right? Yep. And then, so what if it's heavier? It's, it's better it's training, more training, right? exactly. Yeah. That's kind of the, like, everyone always wants to get like the sickest bikes, the carbon, the lightest stuff. And, yeah. and I'm the same way, obviously. Like when you get into cycling, like it's it's more than just training for motocross like Mm -hmm. i i love it i love to road bike and mountain bike but um yeah i was always all for the just the cross country bike like i wouldn't wouldn't think about getting a a more trail bike and once i got the primer and i rode it at gear i'm like that's a blast (laughs) like going down that stuff the doubles and the berms and stuff aren't scary yeah you know like yeah yeah. so yeah it's fun so when you climb skyline do you go down the good stuff Uh, i've done a little bit of it that's kind of a uh a sore deal because that's where I think that's where, where Chase, Chase got hurt. Chase yeah. got hurt. So well, the Chase but, was on. A, but that's Chase that's was on not a, even. Uh, who was he on? He was on a sniper. Yeah, he was on the sniper. So he was yeah, on the cross, cross country, country bike, and that's why. That's actually the reason I have the primer is because I wanted the sniper, and I was <laughs> and I got a hold of Jeff, and Jeff is like, no, no sniper for you, no yeah. go. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, but uh no, actually, Christian and I were just out there today, and we took some of the single track stuff. It's oh, nice, fun. nice. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, he didn't call me again. You know, he he asked me to go to uh, Black Star yesterday, like with an hour notice. Oh, he was telling me about that. Yeah, mm. we uh we just barely beat the rain. It, it missed it on us a little bit and stuff. Yeah. but yeah, it was good. Nice, nice. So hey, um, one of the other sponsors of the show is Bell Helmets, and so we do this little bit called the Bell Helmet Bench Race Session. So, have you uh obviously you know you've had a little bit of time off. Yep. Um. What do you think of that East Coast series? Why is Forkner winning every single race? Um, he's he's fast. I mean, that's that's basically the bottom line. Like, he is going so fast, and and he's been consistent. Like, he's not. I mean, yeah, he has had his practice crashes or whatever, but I think that I mean, he may have a couple crashes, landing the bells a couple times in practice, but yeah. You could say what you want if he goes out and puts a perfect six minutes plus one lap down and wins his heat race and then whole shots the main event and puts a perfect 15 minutes down. Yeah. All things aside, like, I'll crash in practice too, you know? Like, that's, I think that's, he's, seems like he almost is finding his limits in practice and mm-hmm. knows what he can and can't do on that track. And then he's just been able to execute it. And it's pretty gnarly because I know how fast Chase is going. Mm-hmm. Um and Chase's capabilities and stuff and and I think Chase has what it takes to to go that, you know, to be the guy and, and to win. Yeah, yeah. And um I think if uh 
I think if someone's going to break his win streak, it's going to be Sexton. Yeah, yeah. Chase is going really fast, and and he wants it so bad. I, I know that like it's even kind of the same way for me because my last couple years of amateur, I raced against Chase and Austin too. So mm-hmm. it's it's like you're like oh you, you know what I mean? It's like a little bit of a rival thing, and and especially for those two because I think they battled. I know they did growing up all the way from 65s and 85s where yeah. 65s, 85s, and super minis, I wasn't even on their level. Yeah. You know, I was just raced and raced some of the nationals. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. They were like, but they were battling at the, the highest level at that. Yeah. yeah. So I think that kind of gets set chase a little bit. And it yeah. it's driving him It's kind of like but, a lifelong rivalry that like Villapoto and Alessi had, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's honestly what it is. It's kind of cut and dry. He's going super fast and he's able to do it really consistently now at the east west shootout he was kind of like whoa i didn't feel good in the whoops backed her off do you think that's 100 percent true or did he get whooped on by the west coast guys i mean i'm racing west coast so this may be a biased opinion but and i'm not saying that there's always that talk every year oh if, if which coast is stacked like yeah regardless they're both stacked they're always gonna be but um yeah, I mean, I think at that track and that night, AC and and Dylan, but especially Adam, had, like, crazy pace. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that whether it was the whoops, if, if that was a flat straightaway, I think they were they were going to the front. And, yeah. Um, but I think at the same time, like, Austin did what he needed to do. He didn't let an East Coast guy beat him. Yeah. And so yeah. That, I think that was kind of – I mean, if, if Adam would have been maybe Chase or something – he might have pushed a little bit harder to not mm-hmm. let that happen or, or another one of the East Coast guys. So there's no telling. Um, I think it's – you'll see in Vegas because Vegas will be, I think, complete, yeah. obviously completely different track conditions than Atlanta was. Atlanta was like the softest track that was not a mutter that we've had pretty much all year. And yeah. um, Vegas is going to be hard packed. And then the other thing I think is kind of like – if you if they go into Vegas and they haven't both locked down the titles, you might see someone else win. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. they're like, oh, I gotta get fifth, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever it may be. But but who knows? Like we're all racing to win hey. each weekend. So could be the breakthrough for uh, number forty four. Yeah, exactly. There huh? you go. Yeah. yeah. So all right. Well, that concludes the uh, Bell Helmets bench race. Uh, Bell Helmets is actually leading all three Supercross titles this year. Is that so a chance? <laughs> so far. For over six decades, Scott Motorsports has pushed the limits of innovation, providing our customers with the most advanced technology available. Scott is honored to be the exclusive eyewear sponsor of the Swap Moto Live podcast. Athletes such as Chad Reed, Justin Barsha, and myself, Adam Cientrillo, require the best performance, which is why we choose the Scott Prospect Goggle. Recognized as the number one goggle in racing, Scott is proud to be made in the USA. Check out scott-sports.com to see their complete line of high-performance goggles. Hey, what's up, guys? Malcolm Stewart. This offseason, I've been training harder than ever getting ready for 2019, and I've been using Rhino Power supplements before, during, and after my training and has made a big difference, especially the motivation pills. Use Swap Moto as your discount code at checkout for 10% off your purchase plus free shipping on rhinopower.com. Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer and the thing's badass. 
for how good it is going up the hill. It's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble, and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So, yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails, or if you want to go a bit further, longer, and faster, they, they just brought out a new Taser e bike, which is, uh, yeah, everyone's given the double thumbs up on. So, head down to your local Intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at intensecycles.com. Check it out, guys. Hi, uh, I'm Mitch Payton from Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki team, and I uh, just want to give a shout out to Throttle Syndicate. Um, it's a new name, but it's the same company that's been around for uh, 30 years. We've been with them since the very beginning in 1991, and they're a big part of why our bikes always look the way they do. We're really proud to have them involved, and hopefully they have a good year. Visit ThrottleSyndicate.com to view the full range of customizable graphic kits, gripper seat covers, sticker kits, and more. Use promo code SWATMOTOLIVE at checkout for a 20% discount off your order. What's up, SWATMOTO fans? The Toyota of Escondido Action Sports team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the Action Sports Special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Say, so, hey, uh, okay, so when you called me today, um, I hadn't yet entered your phone in my thing, and it said Iowa, and I'm all, Iowa? Dude, it's just another one of those telemarketing calls, you know? <laughs> but, uh, okay, so Iowa. Tell me about Iowa growing up there. I mean, was uh, like, like the only Iowan that I knew was Justin Brayton, right? Yep. Or who, was um, there someone before him? Yeah, there's a Chad few. Chad Pedersen? Uh, Pedersen, either Iowa or Nebraska, I think. Because okay. like, we're all right there, kind of like Omaha, Nebraska is an hour from my house. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of, um, like Denny Stevenson, I think he might be from Omaha or uh -huh. Council Bluffs, Iowa. They're the same thing. Um, Gavin Faith. Mm, yeah. Uh, Teddy Mayer. Um, Cody Gilmore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he mm -hmm. was. He's from Iowa, and so there's there's a few of us. But what's Iowa? Slim. What's Iowa famous for? Corn, corn, corn uh, fed, corn fed. So yeah. a lot of big girls out there. Ah, uh, no, I don't, <laughs> you know. No. Okay, so uh, so growing up in Iowa, what's the motocross scene like there? Um, it's it's pretty good. Like it's not. Um, I wouldn't say it's like dead, but you you can only ride six months a year, and mm -hmm. um. You know, there's. So what do you do like, the other six months? Like snowmobile? Uh, go to go to public school and <laughs> and yeah, I I mean we do, these days we don't even get enough snow and but um, yeah, nothing really. It's yeah. kind of it's pretty cold. Was snowing, that hard to of, uh, like put your dirt bike away for the winter? Yeah, it sucked. It was like, yeah, it was kind of always. But the thing was kind of nice was that it was always like you know, Christmas break, it was, oh, we get to go down to Missouri to ride for a couple mm -hmm. of days. Or, you know, we might luck out and dad might load, because my sister and I both raced growing up. So we'd load up and, and we'd get out of school Thursday afternoon and, and drive down to Missouri or Oklahoma for yeah, a yeah. long weekend. And that was like, 
just everything, you know, to be able to miss a day of school and, and go down there. And, <laughs> um, it was it's kind of funny. The one winter, I don't, I was pretty young. My mom planned a trip to Breckenridge, Colorado, for the whole family to go skiing for like, I think a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. And because we never really done family vacations, like our family vacation was to go to Loretta's for the week or yeah. whatever. And, and uh, oh, so she was place. she was all stoked on that. And and we got there, we skied for I think two days, and basically my sister, my dad, and I came up with a plan that we don't want to ski the last four days. We want to get home, and we have time to get home. And then get down to Oklahoma to ride at a few tracks before the Christmas <laughs> break was over. And my mom was just like shooting daggers out of her oh, eyes at my dad. Yeah, just not stoked at all. And Well, did your dad feed that idea to you guys? Or um, you I think we kind of like all three did it together. And, <laughs> and he wasn't against it. And she was like not stoked on the whole, on the whole situation. But we ended up going to Oklahoma. Nice, nice. So you were uh, a club in Mexico, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I actually that was kind of, you know, when I was sixteen, I was in high school and stuff, and my parents finally decided like they felt like there was a chance that I could possibly do something with the sport. And, mm-hmm. Um, they said that they would financially support me all the way until I was eighteen, and I could get homeschooled through my last year of high school, and and so they told me to kind of pick a training facility to go to, and wow. um. I looked around and we called around and we felt like club was the best place to go mm-hmm. and and we went there and I was there for um, almost five years. Wow! So just up until December and I've I've just been here since. Um, I feel like right now being in California is kind of the the place for me right now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, club was awesome. I you know I went there and was that what's that like? Like I mean, a that's gnarly for a family to say, hey, we're gonna send our kid yeah over here to go do motocross both both uh financially and like you know as far as the family goes like to let you go away yeah right? yeah but how is it on your side like being being a young kid bailing away from mom and dad to go do this this motocross thing yeah i was i was 16 and and i like i was my parents were pretty i guess like free with me like i was already on the weekends driving down to my friends' houses and going racing on the weekends and stuff at local races and, and whatnot. Like, they had a huge trust for me, I, I, you know, growing up. I just, I guess I earned that with my parents. And then going down to club, I mean, I stayed in a, in a lived in a camper, yeah. motorhome, and and um, I you grow up fast, that's for sure. Like, um, down to the stuff like your laundry and washing your bed sheets and just all the things that you don't realize when you're in high school or whatever that your parents really do do for you. Mm-hmm. And they were still supporting me financially. And, and you know, they obviously my parents had figured out how much they thought everything was going to cost with the training and the bikes. Because yeah. when, I, when I went down there for probably two years of being there, I didn't even get goggles for free. Like, so mm. everything we got through a dealership back home for 15%. Yeah. over cost or whatever it was and and we came to realize real quick like it was going to cost triple what we thought because <laughs> you're going through clutches chains sprockets yeah. like it just the list goes on and and it was gnarly like um but we got through it and yeah and it was do you, awesome do you think that uh you know since you weren't one of those guys that was just getting everything mm-hmm. just sent to them by the boatload right does that make you appreciate what you have right now a little bit more uh, yeah, for sure. I think like 
even still like I remember the first free pair of boots I got. It was actually I was going getting ready to go to Loretta's and um, Justin Brayton actually kind of after I was actually training there for probably a year and a half before he kind of even um, noticed me. And mm -hmm. the, the actually the day it was is we were sitting on the starting line and we were racing out or we were doing outdoors and we'd do like intervals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and, um, this was when he was riding for BTO and he saw a sticker on my bike and it was from like a local bike shop and he noticed that it was a uh, Yankton Motorsports and he's like Yankton he's like where you know where are you from that, and that's like in South Dakota he knew that was close and I was like oh I'm from Iowa and he's like oh so am I I was like well I, I know you are like I know who you are you know and and like we kind of kicked it off from there but then um, my mom built a house down right right next to club and uh, we had. Duff's, uh, it was, or JB's new mechanic was going to be Brent Duffy, and mm -hmm. JB's like, hey, you know, this guy's from Iowa, because Brent's from Iowa too, um, can he move in, and, and it was like, it worked all perfectly, and and he's still actually living in the house now, oh, really? yeah, right yeah. now, but uh, I remember I came downstairs one Monday morning, and I, there was a brand new pair of Tech 10s sitting in the, in the kitchen for me that JB had gotten from the Alpine Star guy for me or something, uh -huh. and I was just like... Just so stoked. So, and you know, sometimes you get a little bit numb to it, you know, yeah, but yeah. I still like get a new pair of boots or, or I get to go to Fox and grab some t-shirts and stuff. And it's like, it's pretty cool, you know, yeah. and it does help me appreciate it because I remember how cool it was to get a brand new pair of goggles or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, just when I rolled up today, you were, uh, you're unboxing those uh, indie special Tech Tens. You're all pumped. Right? Yeah, exactly, and it's sick. And like, I literally remember wearing boots till you could see the booties. And um, even Nicoletti was training at club, and I'd wash his bike for a pair of Oakley air brakes or whatever. <laughs> and, and like, he you know would help me out with that stuff, and or just tear offs, like yeah. you know, just the little things that you don't even realize. And and still, sometimes you just got to pinch yourself and be like. Dang, I've I've got it really good, and yeah, and I'm doing this as a job now. And but at the same time, I know I I've earned it, and I feel like I I do deserve to be mm -hmm. where I'm at, mm -hmm. and and um, I feel like and I'm here to stay. Yeah. So your uh your breakthrough, so to say, was uh you you met Michael Essie at club. And yeah. They kind of brought you to the team, or yeah. So um, Mike came to club to start training, and. Um, I guess I think he kind of called Tony, his dad, and was like, hey, there's this kid that's training here, and, and like, he's fast on outdoors, like, he's good, and um, he, he's like, he's going to race Daytona Amateur Day, like, and so I think he and Tony kind of were talking, and then Tony came down to club to, you know, do some testing or something with Mike, mm -hmm. and then watched me ride, and, and he called me, and they said that, um, and he had talked to Mike Genova, the team owner of MCR, and they were like, well, we will uh, leave the semi there for the two days of amateur racing and, and we'll have a mechanic for you and stuff like that. And they were, they gave me new plastics and graphics <laughs> and uh, uh, new tires for both my bikes and I had a mechanic. And they're like, are you willing to do that? And I'm like, yeah. Like, my mom and I were going to drive down there in a van yeah. and that was yeah. it. Like new tires, that's 400 bucks. Like, totally no right. doubt. You know, yeah. and I was just stoked. I was under a semi and... Uh, we did that, and that, that was just like all it was kind of planned to be. I don't know if what Genova had planned for it, but um, I think after that week, 
that was kind of, I think, the first that Genova had really been around amateur racing. And mm-hmm. and I think he was, like, pretty impressed by just amateur racing in general, like, the level that it was at. Yeah. It was that close to pro racing. And, and um, I guess I kind of caught his eye, and they offered me a deal to do the rest of that year as an amateur. And mm-hmm. um, it was me and Tanner Stack. And so we got to do... They took us to um, Mammoth, Loretta's, and then Monster Cup, mm-hmm. and that was the end of kind of the deal, you know. And um, so that was like that pretty much saved me because that was the year that I was eighteen, and and my parents had agreed that they'll be fully in until I'm eighteen. Yeah. The year at Loretta's when I'm eighteen, and and like that that they you know did that, and um, it was honestly all out of just kind of the kindness of Genova, like he didn't need an amateur team. He didn't need yeah, to, yeah. you know, be sending a semi and a whole crew to Loretta's for the week. <laughs> but, um, and then, yeah, after monster cup or yeah, actually, you won monster cup, right? Yep. I won monster cup, but the night, the night before monster cup, he actually offered me my, um, my 2017, like East coast deal yeah. for two fifties. And, um, how was that? That was like, awesome. Like, and yeah. that, that was also another thing. Like, he was a 450 only team. Like he didn't need to do yeah. a 250 at all, and he knew that that was kind of that was going to be my saving grace. Like I didn't I didn't have a job at that point, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, like that was another thing that was just it was awesome. It was you know they had I had good bikes, and I went we went to Monster Cup, won Monster Cup, and then. Um, I had to go to the arena crosses that spring before East Coast. Get your points. Yep. So in January, I did a couple of arena crosses. And then, yeah, we did the first three rounds of Supercross together. And then the Geico thing came about. And and then Genova, you know, he did that whole 250 program, which who knows how much that could, you know, yeah. would have been. Or, yeah. or what, you know, they, they sacrificed so much. And then they only got three rounds out of me. And, and for them to, knowing that, hey, this... It was a two-year deal with Geico. It was like going to be the best thing for me, and, mm-hmm. and let me out of my contract that I had with them for the whole East Coast. Like that was, yeah, pretty, pretty, noble. pretty huge. Yeah, like it was, it was good. So were, were your parents really like when you turned eighteen? Were they? Ha, we're not paying no. no more. No, not at all. And that was kind of like like my dad. Um, you know, he works construction and stuff, and travels. And he said, you know, once you're eighteen and stuff, and um, like. We're, I'm fully in until then and then after that like if whatever happens like you don't owe us anything we did this because we wanted to mm-hmm. he goes I'll always make sure that you have a, a new good bike each year to ride and like yeah. if you want to if you come home and go to college like whatever you do you know like I'll make sure you have a fresh bike each year yeah. and race local races whatever and and like they I mean my, st- my parents still help me out with just normal life things like mm-hmm. the taxes and things like that that you know my mom helps me out with or whatever and and no like they they still support me just i'm able to support myself obviously financially and stuff but yeah my my parents still come to the races and and um yeah they're still a big part of it yeah that's cool so it's not like on the 18th birthday they gave you a hammer no not at all (laughs) no and, and i think if if i you know were to need help when I was when I turned 18 if I needed some money here or there I mean you know it might have helped me out a little bit but that was kind of when I was you know it's either make it or break it yeah so uh man so like getting the the 
Moto Concepts ride for East Coast was kind of like, wow, dream come true. But then you get the call from Geico. What was that like? It was actually Tony called me because... Um, they talked to him first? Yeah, they got a hold okay. of... Uh, I think Ziggy called Tony or Ziggy or Jeff. And, and he called me and said that Geico wanted me for that outdoor season because RJ had just gotten hurt. And um, that weekend that RJ got hurt was in uh, up in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And he and I battled really, really hard that whole main event. Yeah. And so, like, when Tony told me that Geico wanted me for outdoors, I was like, like, you mean they, they're just kind of interested? And he's like, no, like, they, you know, they want to. And he's like, they also want, he's like, don't get excited, but they would like to have you for the rest of Supercross. He goes, I don't think it's probably going to happen with, obviously, your deal with us and Genova. Yeah. And, like, he's like, that's a whole nother thing. And actually, it was kind of weird that, Genova actually kind of negotiated the whole deal was because he was like, if I'm gonna let him out of his contract, I want him to at least have a a good shot, like you know, a couple of years, mm-hmm. so to give me all of 2018 as well, and and stuff like that. So I actually got it at Daytona, but yeah, it was like I, I couldn't <laughs> believe it kind of at first. Yeah, and then it kind of set in, and I was like, all right, like this is. I earned this and mm-hmm. I deserve it. And now I want to go, you know, show everyone why I, I yeah. got it, you know? Yeah. So. Um, not like, I don't expect you to talk crap on the bike, but I mean, when you got on the Geico bike, was it markedly better? Um, like, I mean, cause everyone... there was, there was a lot of differences. Like some of the things that are, you know, better, like factory parts and stuff were at first, it was really tough. Like, even a factory front brake. The first couple of times I rode it, I was like, you guys, I can't even, I can't do this. Like I had to have some stuff done to it, you know, cause uh-huh. like, I'm just used to riding normal stuff. And, um, they had me a, a good bike at MCR for sure. Like it was, it was good, but well, I would um, imagine MCR bike hauled ass. Cause I know Tony's obsessive about, yeah. Like, and he, like he'll literally himself jump on the bike and go <laughs> rip it across the desert. Yeah. And yeah. he'll tell you like, if it's a good or uh, not a good bike, but like part of you thinking like, is this guy nuts? But at the same time, like he he knows what he's talking about, which is pretty cool. But and yeah, Chad at Chad at XPR is, is still doing their engines and mm-hmm. Brayton stuff and like and yeah, it was a good bike. Um but I mean obviously Geico had however many years into that motorcycle just focusing on the two fifty. Yeah. yeah. Just like MCR would the you know, the four fifty. So um, there was a lot of a lot of differences, um, but yeah, they're they're both good bikes. Hey, sure. backing up a little bit, your time at MCR, Vince Freeze. Yep, he's like, in my opinion, he's like wildly misunderstood. He's a cool guy. A hundred percent. And I mean, I was just like, I I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, I hate Vince Freeze, but like, yeah. I always kind of thought of him as like. Oh man, he's dirty. Like yeah. I, I felt like he'd be kind of just like this gnarly kind of like mean kind of guy. Yeah. And then I, like I met him, and the first time I met him it was I think it was at Daytona when I was racing the amateur race, and I'm like, oh, he's probably just being like super nice to me because I'm this kid racing. Yeah, you know? the amateur. Kid. And then like all of a sudden I, when I was teammates with him, like he and Mike are like, they don't. Like, there's not a single mean bone in their bodies, either of them. It's it it actually kind of caught me off guard too. I was like. It's crazy because, you know, sometimes when Vince would get on the track, like, yeah. he doesn't care. Yeah. And he would, you know, send it. And, and um, 
I think now, especially like Vince is, he's he's a top guy. Like you can't yeah. shake, like yeah. you can't question, you know whether, yeah, he's he's in it. Like he's yeah. good. Yeah, it, you know he he does things. You know people are like oh look at that knucklehead move, but I mean you have to give it to him that he tries to the very end. Yeah, you know he's not afraid to hang it out. Exactly, and and I think even like there was when there was times a few years ago like if he pulled the whole shot in the heat race or I mean the main event or heat race which he did a lot like he started up front a lot and he didn't care if it was you know Tomac or Anderson or whoever it was behind him like if they ran him high in a corner I it wasn't like he's like oh that's him like he's not he's gonna pass me anyway like he's gonna go back for it and he would try to the end and that yeah that's that was what you know I was pretty impressed by and yeah I respect that a lot yeah, but yeah, but but oh, off the track with the helmet off, he's a super cool guy. Yeah, you would. Yeah, he, yeah, never, never think that he was. Yeah, <laughs> would, would not scare to clean people out or, yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the years on Geico, then oh, the the first uh, year and a half, a um, lot of speed, a lot of potential, but also unfortunately a lot of injuries, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I struggled with injuries. Basically, I had a my I had the week before Daytona when I got my guy ride, I I had a crash in like some like Daytona prep whoop things and mm-hmm. I sliced my hand open really bad on a foot peg which cut Ooh. some arteries in my thumb and and it was like oh it's just gonna be some stitches and we'll be good in a week and it turned out to be ligament damage or well not ligament damage but I had like muscles in my thumb torn and I got the stitches out and I was taking Epsom salt baths and stuff like that, and I'm, I was sitting in an Epsom salt bath, and I looked down, and my hand was split wide back open again, oh. and I was just, it was like one thing after another, so I finally came back and got to race um, New Jersey mm-hmm. and, and Vegas, and that was like good, that was in 2017, and like I got ninth in the East-West shootout, and um, then, you know, I got ready for outdoors, I did the first round of outdoors, and... Um, then at Glen Helen, excuse me. And then at Glen Helen, um, I had a pretty big crash in the second moto. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, running. Remember, like the, was, well, remember was, the picture I got of that? Yeah, exactly. And, and I think it was one of the Enzo guys. Yeah, his it was face. my brother's guy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, it was. That was. Um, that crash was fine. Like I was. I was okay after that actually. Uh-huh. And, and uh, then that Tuesday, I was doing a test out at Paula. And it was, I was on my second lap of my warm up, just cruising around, and they changed something, and I, I didn't realize it, and kind of jumped, and I cased like what was a tabletop, went over the bars, and, and like jacked my shoulder up really bad, and, and it got mixed, misdiagnosed a few times as um, like different stuff to where the, the doctor was like, oh, you'll be good to go back once the pain goes away. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be like pain free, and I tried going back and racing at Red Bud, and I had a small like crash, and it just barely, the handlebars pulled my shoulder, and it was back to square uh-huh. one where it wasn't even possible for me to ride. Like I couldn't. Mm-hmm. So I missed that entire first season of outdoors. And then, um, yeah, I had a really good off season, 2000, end of, end of 17, like coming into last year's Supercross. And I did East Coast last year. And um, very first lap of the very first main event at Dallas, um, I had a, we were in like a 180 bull corner and I 
completely T-boned me, mm-hmm. like what I thought was like fourth gear wide open and, <laughs> and broke my hand. Um, so I, I finished that main event and like, I didn't realize at the time I had a broken hand. It was just like killing me. And like, I got second or second or third fastest lap time to Zach. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was stoked, but I got off the track and I told my mechanic like, Hey, I think I have a broken hand. And he's like, what do you mean? Like when I was like, yeah, from like the first lap, like I think yeah. my hands broke. And, and he told Dan, our manager, and they were both kind of like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. And, um, Were they like, how did you race in that much pain? Yeah, they were like, there's like, whatever, we'll go to Asterisk and check it out. And we went into Asterisk and my hand was, you know, I had a broken metacarpal and, but I was like, I'm not, I'm not out yet. Like mm-hmm. I raced that whole main event. Like I'm going to go as, as much as I can. <laughs> like, adrenaline I, I, yeah, exactly. Down. And then, uh, so that week was tough. Like, and I was like, all right, I want to try Tampa. So went to Tampa and it was brutal like get just getting through practice it's like if i can get through practice i'll get through the night show yeah, there's right. no adrenaline in practice like i just got to get through practice and every time i'd come off the track it was like throbbing and and i got through tampa i got like eighth in tampa and, and then i went to atlanta and i'm like hopefully i, I wasn't able to ride during the week yeah, nothing yeah. like was just full recovery mode i was like hopefully in a few weeks it'll start you know healing and then at Tam- or in atlanta um I got like a, I got like fifth and like a second main. Like I felt pretty good. I was right there in the front front group, and then the third main, I, I didn't get the greatest start, and um, I got cross jumped off that big triple. It was actually the triple that Pike like fell out of the sky yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the one that Ferrandis crashed yeah. real hard on. And I, I had a guy just completely jump across into my front wheel in the air, and um, I crashed, and and it like completely shattered my my the metacarpal in my hand that was oh, already broken, starting to heal. And at that point, it was like, there's just no, there's no way you're, you know, doing that. So that ended my Supercross season into, into like the beginning of outdoors too. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, I missed the first three rounds of outdoors last year as well. Yeah. And so I started and I did, I did the last nine outdoors last year, which was, I mean, it wasn't my rookie season, but I kind of treated it as it. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was the first time in my whole pro career that I did more than, than three races. So yeah. it was, it was like a struggle for sure. And I think that I had some things just to figure out with my body that I needed to transition, like going into pro racing. I was, I was so used to just being able to hammer, 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 just train so mm-hmm. much as an amateur for, and I kept wanting to do that. And mm-hmm. I realized that you gotta, you gotta bring it back when you have to race every weekend. And, and, um, yeah, were, you, so, were you like overtraining and wearing yourself down? Um, I, and not even necessarily <clears throat> just overtraining and wearing myself down, but I felt like there might have been times where I was too lean or I just felt like some of my injuries could have been prevented from yeah, me being a little bit more strong or maybe a little bit more, yeah, not, not as trained like during the week or something and maybe a little bit more sharp on the weekends or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was just getting the experience last year of getting through the outdoors and stuff. I was obviously, I wanted to do well. And, um, like, you know, you to I led for 20 minutes of the first mo- or the second moto. And, um, I had some good showings, I, but not what I definitely knew I was capable of. Mm-hmm. And then, so yeah, then we're into this year. Yeah. So in the off season, you know, you didn't have a ride. You did the, uh, straight rhythm for 
Mathis on that Yamaha. Yeah. Um, and then we and spent, By the way, I still have people on track walk Ram and it. at the autograph signing saying, Ram it today. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So uh, we spent time in, in Paris together, and you were on. Uh, you, you still had no ride at that point, and you're riding for a, was it a French importer or a French team? Yeah, um, Eric Pernard was the one who, you know, sets all that up, and, yeah. and um, he got me helped out by the SR Honda team mm -hmm. over there, and I think that they kind of knew a local kid, and he, he was willing to, like, let me use his bike. Yeah. And I brought my suspension over that um, Factory Connection did. I, I actually bought a 450 from the team mm -hmm. at the end of the season because I was like, I need a bike to ride on. Yeah. And they, they helped me out with that really well. And, and uh, Ziggy did the suspension for Supercross. So I brought that with me and, mm -hmm. and did Paris. And then... Um, what was that? You were wearing some crazy gear in Paris. Oh, yeah. It was... was it, it had zippers on the pants. <laughs> Was it called Kenny? That's what it was. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny gear. gear. Kenny Gear. And I was like, I was like, holy crap. And I looked at it and stuff. It was so Euro, but it yeah. was cool. I was like, this is cool, you know? Like, and so like I. Like yeah, zippers because there's pockets? Zipper yeah, pockets? there was legit pockets on in the pants. Did it you was, keep a hotel key in? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, that yeah, was awesome. Like, I kind of got the call or i talked to eric in at straight rhythm and yeah. he was like you know obviously I, I can't pay you a, a bunch of money to come over mm -hmm. but i was like yeah, i just want to come Dude, over it's like, cool yeah. wasn't that a cool race and it, cool, it was it's so a cool, cool trip yeah and i think it's cool when you get a lot of the top american guys together like you get say five or eight of the top guys who on the weekend at anaheim or phoenix are like complete rivals not and just you know but we're all hanging out at the hotel just yeah shooting the crap and yeah. like you know it's not a huge high pressure deal and and the fans are so stoked on the americans being mm -hmm. there and mm -hmm. yeah it was really cool and paris was good for you i mean you i think you're in the podium like almost every single race right yeah yeah i mean um i ended up second overall and like yeah. the, and the whole thing yep and then um actually i flew home and on sunday i was driving home from the airport and i got a call from duff Brent Duffy and he was like hey what are you doing in two weeks and I'm like uh, I don't know he's like well do you want to come to Australia and race Ozex Open for you know the Honda team that Justin rides for over there because mm -hmm. um, Taft was riding for him and he broke his wrist yeah. and I was like uh, I'll let you know and I was kind of unsure and I'm like why would I not you know yeah. I, I asked myself that so and um, I got together with Yareev, the team owner over there, and mm -hmm. um, we got flight scheduled and everything dialed in and, and came to an agreement, and it was like, it was awesome. I yeah. went over there for, I think, just over a week and a half mm -hmm. and um, went to Ozx Open and won. Mm -hmm. So that was that was fun, and it was it was so cool to meet that whole team that and all the guys that Justin and Brent talk about that, you know, on their team, oh, yeah. Yareev and... And I knew Maddie a little bit from when I rode for MCR, mm -hmm. but just to kind of meet them, those guys, and and see what Brent and J Justin talk about when they talk about how awesome Australia is when you go over there, <laughs> it is. It's, was it really it was, cool? It was really fun. That's like yeah. the one. I think Australia is the one country I haven't been to in my whole career. Yeah, that like I care to go to. Out of all the countries I've been, which I hadn't been to much until this off season, I went yeah. to Geneva, Switzerland, Paris, and Australia. Like. Australia is all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, like it is all it's yeah. cracked up to be. You know, it was. It was Did fun. you try Vegemite? 
I did. That was a that was a Not whole thing. Real? Yeah, they, actually, the team made me try it while I was we were there, and they're like asking me what do you think it would be, and just from the container and stuff and how they it's a spread on like whatever on like toast and stuff. I'm like I'm picturing it as kind of like a Nutella, <laughs> and they're like all right, all right, cool. So they're like we're gonna put it on a rice cake for you, and I take a bite out of it, and, I, and they they loaded it up. You know how they are, like they love it, and and I didn't realize it was pretty much like thick soy sauce is yeah. what I thought it tasted like and it caught me by a huge surprise I was expecting something like Nutella or peanut butter and yeah yeah I wasn't um I wasn't huge on it yeah yeah hey was your team in France were they sponsored by Haribo like Haribo. The, the gummy bear company because I think so the pits, I th- there is this big bowl of gummy candy right the whole weekend yeah yeah and like every time I'd come to your pits I'd come talk to you, and I'd talk to Justin, and I'd go, oh, check that out. I'd grab a few, and I'd stick them in my pocket. Dude, it was the worst thing for me. I got so addicted to gummy candy. Oh, That trip, because I came home, and I'm like, going to the gas stations. Oh, where's the, where's the Haribo <laughs> gummy candy? It was, like, terrible. Yeah, I know they were sponsored by McDonald's. <laughs> no way. Well, because my gear had, like, the McDonald's M on the sleeve. Really? Yeah, I was like, that's the coolest thing. <laughs> maybe, it, maybe like the gear was Kenny maybe the M yeah, stick for like Mark or something I, I'm pretty sure it was McDonald's Arches I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, what did you think of Paris like the food and stuff did you have a good time with, with... yeah um, we like ate at the hotel a lot kind yeah. of and we only actually went out into Paris one morning uh, are you serious and because we weren't there for very long yeah, yeah. and um, the day that we rode press like that morning Justin's like we gotta go like Check out, Eiffel you know, Tower. the Champs Elysees, the, the Eiffel Tower, like, cause I, I follow the Tour de France and stuff, and yeah. it was cool to see like where they ride into the France and and um, yeah, the, the food was a little bit different. Um, I was most impressed by the food in Australia. Yeah, that was like, yeah, every everywhere you go was like just the best good, food. Huh? Yeah, oh. but um, yeah, Paris and Geneva were pretty pretty similar. Yeah, in that way. Dude, in Paris. Uh... I brought my wife and two daughters this year. Yeah. And my oldest daughter surprised us. She had booked ahead of time this uh, bicycle tour through Paris. Oh, wow. And so we went to press day. And after press, she's all, you have to be back from press day by like 3 o'clock. And we went. And we took Uber to this place. And, dude, it was sick. We rode bicycles around Paris with a guide. Yeah. I think we rode about 12, 14 miles or so. That's awesome. But... Halfway through, we got on a boat and we took a boat up and down that that river yep. by, by the t- Eiffel Tower. And it was it was awesome. Yeah, that's... but I'll tell you what, dude, riding on the cobblestones is sketch. I can't imagine doing it on a road on bike. on a full road bike. Yeah, like we're full on these carpet full, everything. Like, we're on these like big cruiser looking things. Yeah, like, when when we walked over to it, it's like it's not just like nice flat bricks. It's no. like the a thousand-year-old cobblestone road yeah. is what it looks yeah. like so it's yeah it's stuff's gnarly it's like going down the carlsbad downhill or something. <laughs> yeah yeah but, uh, cool so uh so how did things shape up for you did you have a ride with another team and then you got the call from geico again yeah um actually i was um you know talking to and i was riding the uh ctr motorsports i was riding their bike for yeah, yeah. i think I'd, I'd been riding it for after I got back on Australia, I started on it, and it was like after Thanksgiving. So I had been riding it for three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, when I went to Geneva, I rode a Yamaha, and mm-hmm. uh, that they they sent me with suspension, Olin suspension, and and um, parts and stuff for my bike there. 
And then I was riding their bike up until um, I was actually headed home for kind of like Christmas break or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, when I got the call from Geico and and um, so yeah, that's where I. So how does that go? go? Does it go? Yeah, hey, we we didn't sign you, but we want you back again. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was kind of like that. It was. I mean, I you know I I keep in I kept in contact with Jeff just because mm -hmm. like. Just whether it's, hey, how's it been or whatever, like Jeff is, they treated me like family yeah. and, and like I'll, I'll always stay in contact with Jeff no matter where I'm riding and, mm -hmm. and even Dan too, like they were all really good with me, Ziggy and and um, yeah, he called and said that, you know, Chase had broke his collarbone and was curious if if I, you know, had what what I had going on and I said, you know, I got to make a few phone calls first and, and stuff, I, I couldn't you know, commit to it there, like, I mm -hmm. felt like I had, and, um, so, yeah, I kind of got it all figured out in those couple of days, and, and, um, end up here for the, for the West Coast. You look at home there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, when I, when I heard the news, and I saw you there, I'm like, yeah, that's where you belong. Yeah, and, and it's, <clears throat> like, um, my mechanic, Derek Dwyer, uh, I lived with him for, like, a month and a half when I came out here to test last year. Um, he and his wife opened up their house to me, and um, then another time that I came out to test, our crew chief Joss Weisner, like mm -hmm. he was, I was actually gonna stay in an Airbnb when I came out. This was before outdoors last year, and it was not a good thing. The whole Airbnb, like I, I stayed there two nights. I'm like, I'm out of here. Like I can't oh. do this. Um, and he has a whole family, and he opened his house up to me for a month and gave me a room to stay. So like, it did. They they you know, there's a lot of the team that does kind of feel like family to me. And, yeah. and then it was really cool that I'm able to work with Derek this year um, as my mechanic because yeah. we He's stayed together. And yeah, he, that guy, man. He, I remember last year outdoors, no, it was last year before Supercross, um, he was Christian mechanic. And mm -hmm. and he went, that night he was going to bed and he had like the craziest flu, like running a temperature, everything. Well, I'm getting up and I'm eating breakfast in the morning and it's like, I don't know, I want to say it's 7.30 or so. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting at the table eating breakfast, and I hear the door close. He comes in, and I'm like, where Where are you coming from? Like, did you get medicine? Like, And he's like, oh, no, I'm I'm just coming from the shop. I'm like, from the <laughs> shop? He's like, yeah, I, I had to finish a couple things on Christian's bike before the guys took him riding today, and I didn't want to leave it up to them. And I'm like, dude, aren't you sick? He's like, yeah, I, I puked like three times last night. He's running this fever. But he got up in the morning and went to the shop to make sure everything was dialed in for Christian's bike. Yeah. To come home and puke his guts out more. Like it's, oh man. Yeah, he doesn't stop and and that work ethic, you know, even most like all the guys on the team are that way. Mm -hmm. Whether it's mechanics or the, the whole crew, and it's just cool to, that I spent am able to spend a lot of time around them being out here, and mm -hmm. that drives me to be like you know. Yeah, it's if like if, anything, they're, yeah. if they're working that hard. Exactly. Hard what could I be doing more? Like, yeah. If if anything, I'm I'm willing to do it. You know. So. So how did you end up staying at A Ray's house? <sighs> no, uh, <laughs> actually, I moved into Mumford's. Um, they got Carson a house in here in Elsinore, and yeah. and it was a brand new house, and they just closed on it, and they were doing like the flooring and paint and stuff in it, so we weren't able to move in until A one. Yeah. So I got a hold of Ari. I'm like, hey, dude, I need a place to crash for a couple of weeks. And it was actually Taft's place. Yeah. And they had a bunk bed and stuff that I could stay in. And that's how I ended up there for a couple of weeks. <laughs> okay. What was that like? 
stay with A Ray and his his dog, um, and his girlfriend, not girlfriend. Oh man, I I still don't know if if she's his girlfriend or not. Dude, like, we're gonna have to we have to yeah, figure it out. They like, battle. Oh right? man, it's crazy, but no. Nah. No, it wasn't bad. Everybody takes a lot of Snapchats of his dog. Yeah, but, he loves that dog. Yeah, oh, he it's does. It's not even his dog, right? No, I think it's I think it's hers. But he tells me it's his, but it's not. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He claims it's his, but yeah, it was no, it wasn't bad. It was good. <laughs> totally. Uh so yeah, hey, you're here in uh, Elsinore and you're staying at Carson Mumford's house. It's like it's mind blowing to well, obviously I've been good friends with Carson's dad mm-hmm. since we were both like 250 novices at CMC back in the day but but I mean amateur racing is so serious at the highest levels that you know you can't be paid straight out but there's compensation other ways and stuff but I mean according to Car- uh, Scott like Carson funded this house yeah this yeah that's I actually might have worded that wrong that they got him yeah as far as I know yeah this is it's Carson's house, so yeah. it's I'm renting it from him. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Like, you know, he's only 17, but he's got a lot of potential, and mm-hmm. um, I think if he utilizes the team that he's got behind him and all the people, and um, yeah, he's got a really bright future. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes guys are uh, room with other top pro guys and stuff so he's top amateur guy like how much do you guys spend time together training riding or if yeah any? um i mean i've been on supercross he does outdoors and um i think he's kind of got a little crew that he tra- that he trains with um mm-hmm. i don't know exactly who but and you know he's got i think Derek drake he lives just in this neighborhood they're really good buddies and stuff mm-hmm. but i mean usually during the day i i'm out of here by you know, I warm up in the morning and I head to the track and then mm-hmm. I don't come home till six o'clock at night because I go to the shop and go to the gym and all that. And, um, but we hang out at night and stuff together and, and I'll talk him into coming on a bike ride with me on a Saturday if, if I'm not racing or, yeah. or whatever. And the, does he come mountain biking with you? He hasn't yet. I've only yeah. got him to come road biking. You think with he's me. listening in the other room? A hundred percent he is. Yeah. yeah. I and worked his ass at two over the hump races in a row. <laughs> oh yeah no actually i just i mean it was like pulling teeth but i got i talked him into coming on a two-hour ride with me last on saturday and and um yeah i'm getting him i'm, I'm making him yeah you know i'm getting him on the but see now he's like, you look at him now he's like a, a strapping young man you know i was like he, he was just a boy when i beat him yeah so. I'm, I'm trying to get some gain some muscle on him too <laughs> making him i'm cooking him food making him oatmeal in the morning that he like can't stand but uh, yeah, we're working on it. Nice, nice. So hey, this weekend, Seattle Supercross, you're back in action. Yep. In an open air stadium in the most rainy portion of the United States. How pumped are you about a mud race this weekend? I mean, I'm ready. <laughs> like as long. Wait, as did you go practice in the rain today? Then I didn't. No, and um, I'm not gonna probably ride up in the up, up at Honda tomorrow in the soaking wet clay and yeah. destroy everything um yeah that's, that, that's as, what's bad about right because it would be advantageous for you to go up there and practice all day tomorrow in the mud but that would just destroy the track and cost a bunch of money to fix yeah and i think it's just like what kind of practice are you getting at that point yeah. you know like like 
San Diego was literally survival of the fittest, and yeah, and um, I mean, as long as I don't get the burns that I got at San Diego, like <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I don't think there's gonna be any lime going on. No, I I highly doubt that. But um, I'm really I, obviously there's rain in the forecast and, and it's Washington, but I'm really hoping for a dry race. Um, it's kind of been a while since. I mean, obviously we did Atlanta. Um, I struggled really bad all day in Atlanta mm -hmm. with multiple things, um, and that was that was unfortunate. But I feel like I've made a lot of progress with myself and the bike, and I've done a lot of testing and stuff ever since kind of our last good race, which was Oakland, mm -hmm. you know, before San Diego, and and um, I mean, I I almost won my heat race in Oakland. Like I led every lap to the last last lap or lap and a half or whatever and and um like I was, I was six in oakland and i feel like i've made a lot of improvements and you know i'm just i'm ready to go out there and a legit you know and back to another good supercross track and <coughs> and you know show what we've we've worked on these past like seems like forever now because we had just one race in the past five or six weeks but um yeah rain or shine we're all racing the same track so did you spend this whole break riding motocross? Uh, no, I've been riding supercross. Yep, I've stayed on supercross. I've rode motocross a couple of days. Like I've gone out to Hamet and the hills and done some corner track stuff and just to kind of break it up. But no, I've stayed mostly on supercross and and done quite a bit of testing. So. Is it is it best to, well, like because you always hear the West Coast guys, oh, they start riding moto. Yep. But I mean, you got to stay sharp for supy, don't you? Yeah, and I think that's kind of like. I know that a lot of the West Coast guys like they'll ride mortal a couple of days a week, but it seems like everyone usually integrates at least one day of Supercross each week because riding motocross and Supercross is like two completely different styles. I feel like if you ride motocross for two or three weeks straight with no Supercross, you jump back on Supercross track, you're like, whoa, like you know things are completely different. So um, yeah, I think there's kind of like that fine line. Um, I don't exactly have planned out what i'm going to be able to do for outdoors so far yeah mm. so i'm well, like it was the geico ride is as supercross, it's supercross only. only yep and so i'm um at this point fully focused on my job of doing supercross and mm -hmm. and um but i will still you know start riding outdoors and stuff especially probably after houston yeah when we had that little break and um just to stay sharp on outdoors too and because um yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go out there and race outdoors for sure. Yeah, so uh, has there been any talk with Geico about maybe staying on the team for outdoors? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've obviously talked to Jeff and Dan, mm -hmm. but uh, they've got a lot of amateur kids. Um, they've got a big team, and and uh, I think now that there's going to be a rule where an amateur kids can race three rounds each or something like that. Mm. And so, um, yeah, it doesn't look like that they probably have room for outdoors, mm -hmm. and um, I don't think the sponsors' main concern are outdoors. You know, they're yeah. the Supercross deal. So, um, yeah, most likely as of right now, not with Geico. But um, you never know. Like, yeah. I wasn't gonna be with them for Supercross either. So, so um, I'm playing it by ear. Mm -hmm. um, how yeah. uh, how far would you be willing to go? Like, would you be willing to buy a bike and? do it all yourself if you had to um i'm i'm here to stay mm -hmm. so yeah i'm gonna I don't, I don't plan on 
having to come down to that. Um, yeah. I feel like I, I can prove myself and, and um, whether, you know, filling rides come up or something to get through outdoors. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'll do whatever it takes because um, I know that I've got what it takes to mm-hmm. be at the top. So yeah. Do you think you're, uh, well, you know, you ride motocross your whole amateur career. Yeah. And then, you know, some guys just take the supercross right away. But are you a stronger supercross racer or motocross racer, do you think? So, I feel like it's so hard saying right now. Um, mm-hmm. I finally kind of got through like, the season of outdoors last year. And um, I'm, you know, gotten a lot of supercross rounds finally this year again, too. Um, I like them both. Like, I like different, like, I like the grind of outdoors and, like, the work and you know what it takes physically to get through a day of outdoors mm-hmm. like not just get through a day of outdoors but at the top level top 10 yeah. or whatever yeah. in the 250 class or top five in, in either class and like it's gnarly what it takes for your body to do that is pretty impressive that our bodies can yeah but then at the same time supercross is so gnarly in its technical ways and and even physically too like um, it's so they they both have their um, the intensity to me. Yeah, exactly, and and you have to just be so sharp and so on everything with mm-hmm. supercross. So yeah, they both have their their goods. Yeah. Um, changing the subject completely. All right, so it's McAdoo, right? Yeah. Okay, so I was I was talking with Shane McElrath about this. <clears throat> Does it depend on the? The letter after the C of before that's Mick or Mac, because like it's McGrath, not MacGrath, and then it's McElrath and McAdoo. I probably should know it, like the answer to this, but I'm really not sure. Like, because McElrath is how you say his, right? Properly, right? No, he says it's McElrath. It's McElrath. Okay, because I know like on Dr. G's Instagram, it was a whole debate, you yeah, know, how yeah, did that yeah, thing. Because yeah. I always called, I always said Shane McElrath. And yeah. then I thought someone corrected me and said it's McElrath. No, but I, it's I, McElrath. McElrath is what I always called yeah. it, you know? And because um, I've known him for a while. He trained at club too. And, but yeah, like mine's M. It's actually like properly supposed to be like M with like a small C but up high. Uh-huh. And then a capital A and then D-O-O. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been like, I remember growing up racing arena cross and stuff. The things that... What they the well, what's the would, how did they pronounce it bad? Um, I've heard Mikado. Mikado. Um, <laughs> Doctor G calls me McAfee. Like he claims that he still thinks that's my last name, yeah. but that's Doctor G. If any, if you know, you know. Yeah. So. Matt Mikado. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. There's there's been so many though that I, I can't even think of. Yeah. How about uh? How about nicknames? Um, nicknames. No, I've like had, I've had a few like Mac is kind of the basic one. Um, Big Mac. <laughs> um, the the MCR truck driver cooler calls me Mac One Dime, <laughs> I, which I have no clue where he got that from or what it means. But um, Macadoo. <laughs> Mac uh, they called me. They, I think it was actually Shane McElrath's brother, Kyle. Uh huh. He, he uh, called me Macadamian, uh, Macadamian. Like, all the time. Like, that was his thing. So. 
Yeah, I've that's had pretty few. good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Uh, this is awesome sitting down with you. Uh, maybe uh, at, at outdoors you could show up in those candy pants. I know you saved them, right? Oh, I don't know about the guinea pants. Like, <laughs> I, I like my shift gear. <laughs> Definitely. Well, hey, dude, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on and joining me. And uh, good luck this weekend in Seattle. And, uh, man, I hope someone takes notice and gives you a ride for outdoors. Yeah, thanks for having me. And um, I guess, so, Skyline on Wednesday? Yeah, hey, you know, I just got a new Turbo Levo. Maybe I can keep up. Yeah, with let's yeah. do it. All right. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Swap Moto Live podcast show presented by Ogio and hosted by my dad, Don Mera. Thanks for listening.